0: When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile.
1: This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google.
0: Hey, Renimus. Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. You're welcome. What I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce the show. Then after that, I'll introduce you to everybody on everybody. And then from there, we'll go on with the interview. Okay, great. All right. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I actually have Redimus Lillo. He's actually the creator of Count Cucko. Am I saying that right? Uh, the Kuko. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a tongue twister. <laughs> but uh, anyways, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you're working on, and we're going from there.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I was born and raised in Philly, still living in, in uh, Philly, PA um uh, i'm a comic book writer i i a latino latinx whatever what anybody wants to call it i'm puerto rican uh just got married back in uh november uh my wife is uh, dominican and puerto rican and and i'm really excited to bring um latinx characters to the comic book world
0: awesome and i'm just kind of curious about something how long have you been writing your own comics
1: yeah it actually start. a funny story it um I was about 14 or 15 when I actually started writing my own comics. And it was actually a challenge from a cousin of mine um, who's a comic book artist. And he always wanted to, uh, he was always drawing his entire life. Anytime he was in class or at home, he was drawing. And um, we were roommates uh, at the time. And he asked me to write a story. He ran out of ideas to draw. So he asked me to write a quick few pages of story to draw. And that actually got me into
0: writing. That's pretty cool because, you know, I've been writing some stuff and things like that. I've been writing since I was like 12 or 13 years old. So I understand when when you're passionate about something, you just don't want to slow down from actually writing anything. So that's that's actually pretty cool, man.
1: Exactly. Just since since he asked me to do that, it it was like a bug that hit me and and I just couldn't
0: stop ever since. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm just wondering, I know that you actually wrote a horror comic and everything but what genre do you prefer for a comedy action do you prefer what what genre really gets you going
1: i usually uh i love every time i write i try to write a different genre a different style i usually typically stay within the superhero or superpower super abilities world with a slight twist to everything
0: oh nice like what kind of twist do you actually put on
1: so uh um, usually, when I when I first started writing, I tried to be very general with my writing. Like I didn't give my characters um, ethnic backgrounds or anything. I just wanted to see everybody see themselves as a hero. Um, and then as I kept reading comics and looking into stuff, I realized I need to be more descriptive, and I have an opportunity to show people um, uh, more of my people into stories like that. And and I just like if like something might be a superpower story, not necessarily superheroes, it's almost. Like, I like the idea of um, Stephen King and his story. Superpowers actually called shiny. Everybody has a shiny ability. Um, and, and it's just a very interesting way of uh, putting a twist on things.
0: I like that. I like that whole entire Stephen King nod and everything. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. So for you to put that little spin on it and everything, it makes me fanboy on the inside of me because of the fact that I love Stephen King. I love what he does. And then for you to put that little bit of a nod, to him and everything that's actually pretty cool
1: yeah no i i, I love stephen king uh, i'm not too far from the uh egg island Poe house we he- we have here in philly um i took my siblings there just a few years ago um we have of course we have um and my filmed a lot of stuff in philly and what he's doing so um, I, that's the type of realm i love i like the twist they do it's very interesting <laughs> storytelling
0: Mai is very good at doing the plot twist and, and stuff like that. He's the plot twist guy. I can tell you
1: that. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> but uh, another thing, too, I was actually kind of curious about, you know, I know that you did the anthology series and everything for the uh, for this comic. And I love the artwork in the comic and everything, especially the one that you've done. I really liked uh, the backgrounds. I love the script. How long does it actually take you to make the script for something like that?
1: Funny enough, it took me two days to write that script. Um, there was actually, uh, uh, I was just scrolling through Facebook and I saw um, uh, the, um, the company that, w- that was publishing it, Legacy uh, Comics, was actually uh, putting together a contest of people submitting uh, scripts uh, to be part of the anthology. And I looked it over and I was kind of hesitant to even uh, apply uh, I was like, like I said, I just got married in November, so I was in the middle of my engagement, getting ready to get married. I was working on a bunch of stuff, um, so I actually discussed it with my fiance at the time, and she pushed me. She's like, "Yeah, go for it." And and it was, I got close to the deadline, so I had to write it pretty quickly.
0: That's pretty cool, though, that you actually have a wife that actually backs you up on the passion that you actually have and motivates you. That's I like that, man. That's actually pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. no, I love it. She, uh, she reads everything. She's interested in all that stuff. She reads comics herself. She has her own collection. So it's, it's a great dynamic. We have.
0: That's pretty cool. I like that, man. Um, let's see. Another thing too, is like, I know with the anthology series, I'm kind of curious about um, what is the actual uh, thing itself? What's the anthology series behind the comic? Because I know I read some of it and everything, but what can you tell my listeners by you telling them a, sm- a small detail of what it's about?
1: Yes, so um, it's a Legacy uh, presents tales of horror. So it's a horror anthology with four short stories of horror stories in there, uh, and then we have uh, there's a few collaborations. So there's there's a story with you might see a few Philadelphia athletes in there. Um, there's my story of uh, the cuckoo. This was uh, based on just a few horror stuff. Uh, my family. I grew up, and my family was telling me. Uh, and and what happened was they used the cuckoo really as like a behavior method, right? Growing up, like oh, okay. like they like, like yeah. uh, if you if you misbehave, the cuckoo will come get you, or stay out of the basement. That's where the cuckoo lives, and that's where I came up with the idea for that story. So people have the opportunity to actually uh, read and see. Uh, four freshly new stories in that anthology.
0: I like that idea, though, man, because here's the thing. I don't know if you ever saw The Outsider. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you used that kind of element to that with the Kogoku, because here's the thing. I was wondering, I was kind of curious if you were going that route with it, where was like the Boogeyman kind of feel to it.
1: Yeah, you know? it, it feels that every society has their own version of the Boogeyman. And it was just, it felt refreshing to show, uh, to show my spin on it. Even, I even put my own little twist on it at the end of the story. And I was telling family and friends and they were excited just off the idea that nobody has even told this version of the story before. So that everybody was excited to jump on it.
0: Exactly. And I like the fact too, that you actually use your own nationality behind the whole entire story of this because of the fact I like learning other people's nationalities. I love learning where people actually come from and putting your own little spin on it is just fantastic. Yeah, you know?
1: I, I try to, uh, I, I love the pacing of the story and I, I try to throw a little comedy in there as well. I love joking around. <laughs> uh, so, so when I had my wife uh, reading it, I was just trying to make sure there's a balance between both comedy and the horror piece of the story.
0: That's one thing I have to say. The comedy and the horror actually balances itself out to where it doesn't feel forced. And I have to commend you on that. Sometimes it's actually hard to actually balance heart and comedy, but if you're able to do it and everything and do it right to where it's not being forced, good job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks. So, thanks so much. I actually have a, uh, uh, the story follows four children, right. Uh, spending the night at grandma's house and lucky for me, um, I've actually spent, um, I was working with a nonprofit for 10 plus years uh, where I was working with children nonstop. So I did summer camps, after school programs, a whole different other uh, programs through nonprofits where I got the experience where I got to work with a lot of kids at different times.
0: That's pretty neat. You're able to actually correspond your stories in with what you know about kids and what actually scares them as well. So I like that too. That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I'm just kind of I'm wondering about this too. Like, This is just me being the nerdy side of me. But if you could have one superpower, what would it be?
1: Uh, I always loved uh, super speed. It's one of the it's one of those things when I when I realized when I looked at super speed, it's one of those things that you have to be creative with because when you look at it, you're just running really fast. And so looking at stuff like the Flash, Quicksilver, and a bunch of speedsters in uh, comics, you have to be very creative when that's just your superpower.
0: I can imagine because I can I can imagine it's one thing to actually think thinking in your head how it's going to actually go down, then trying to apply that on paper and actually doing the scenes for it, you know, Yeah, I can actually tell that's actually a little bit more of a challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I was looking up um, different uh, Latino, Latinx characters, just for my own knowledge, because I want to know more of what we have out there. And even the Yo-Yo character from Marvel, she's actually, you can actually see the character on um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's called Yo-Yo because she pretty much... She has super speed, but she comes back to the point where she started from. So it's almost like she's yo-yoing back to herself.
0: Okay. That's actually pretty neat. That's actually pretty neat as well. You know? Because I like it whenever they actually do different types of powers besides the same old cliche thing where it's like, yeah, I have superpowers, but that's all I have. It's not like where it just goes right back to the point where you started from. Yeah. So I actually like that. It kind of also reminds me a little bit of the boys, uh, where the guy has super speed but he can't slow down.
1: Yeah, I, I I loved it so much. My uh my the cousin who actually got me writing actually put me down on the boys years ago. <laughs> so we were so excited when we finally got to see a live action of what was actually happening in the comics. It was amazing.
0: It was an amazing show. I love the originality behind the boys and everything, and also too the creativeness and you know what you go from rooting for the hero and then you wind up finding out when you meet your heroes that they are not actually the heroes that you actually want to root for then you wind up rooting for the guys that are actually against the heroes
1: exactly and it, they, they definitely poke fun at a lot of superhero tropes like I love uh, when uh, Homelander is saying like he can't save a plane like Su- right. Superman will save a plane every single day and he's like nah that's not even possible I'll I'll He's, I'll break
0: it. <laughs> exactly. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna go on ahead, do my thing. I don't care if this plane crashes or not. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I really I really like the show though. Yeah, um, it was so good. So I'm actually wondering too, like, tell me more about some of the superhero stuff that you love writing about. I know you love writing about, you know, speedsters and stuff like that, but what's outside the realm? That you
1: like. Well, it's, it's great that um, today we actually uh, celebrate Memorial Day. I'm working on a project um, where it's following people with superpowers, like superpowers is a regular thing in day-to-day life, um, and how will we use those people in the military, and, and how would we use people with su- super abilities, and how would they come home affected by their time serving in the military with superpowers?
0: That's actually pretty neat. I never actually thought of it like that, you know, because you know, you think of them having these super like powers, but you never know the cause and the effect that it would actually have on a superhero.
1: Exactly. So like, what, what would be some of their traumas? How would you even use someone with super speed or different abilities when you're fighting a war? How would people strategically use those people? And how would they come back knowing they serve their country? But what do they give up in return?
0: Exactly. And I also have another question about that too. Like, in your comic, is it like the government is sectioning them off in each city as well, where the government is actually telling, them, okay, you have to take control of this part of the city, but you cannot allow it to go in this part of the city because that's against your jurisdiction. Uh, or do you have it at that for?
1: So the the story actually follows, um, funny enough, uh, a presidential election, and um, and the so a new president has been elected. And one of the veterans has a bad past with this person, and and so we the, the story actually takes place in Washington D.C. where they have um, because such a Washington is such a huge part of our our uh, country. They have dampeners yeah. where you can't just use a superpower in Washington D.C. Um, there, okay. There's a prison nearby where they hold people with superpowers. Um, so we follow mostly the people in D.C. who can't use their powers but there's veterans who have issues with certain things that are happening.
0: I like that idea. That's something creative that I haven't seen before at all. You know, it makes me geek out a little bit because, and a little sweaty as well. As a matter of fact, I'm using the word sweaty because, in fact, I'm a huge comic book fan, you know? But <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, uh, I, I really dig your stuff. I really love your style and the way that you're describing stuff. And also, too, you said you also had a... St- uh, a kickstarter that you actually got kicked off before this coronavirus started
1: yeah so actually for the horror anthology um we had launched a kickstarter um late last year it actually wrapped up just before all this pandemic happened so um anybody who uh helped us with the kickstarter it was fully it was successful it was fully uh it hit the goal anybody who helped out um they're they're still waiting on their physical copies because uh, physical publications were slowed down through the pandemic. But everybody got a, a digital copy, um, so they, they they were able to hold off and at least see it digitally. And then everybody's physical copies are in the works, and then the book would be available soon enough once we get everything uh, back and rolling.
0: That's great, man. The, I was wondering if you know if it the Kickstarter actually ended. Or if you were able to actually get that thing finished. So I'm glad that it got done before this pandemic actually started. Yeah, me
1: too. I, I was so excited. Um, it actually got way, it was, it was actually finished way before we even heard the word pandemic or quarantine. Uh, it was all good to go way before that.
0: All right. Um, another thing too is, I mean, what's other, st- like what's the biggest challenge when you're running superhero stuff?
1: Uh, the and things like that the biggest challenge would be not being redundant um and what i really try to do is when i write a story um my biggest thing is i love i like to judge heroes based on their villains Mhm the, like you look at batman his rogues gallery is just amazing um i agree and one thing i like uh, like we were talking about speedsters earlier like um i like the flash What's interesting is a lot of his his uh, Rose Gallery are pretty silly in the comics. So right. so what they I love what they did with the Flash show where they got serious actors to portray some of the sillier rogues. So you have a lot of people who, if you ever saw the um, Spartacus TV show, a lot of those right. ca- a lot of those actors came over to the Arrowverse and Flash and Arrow to be villains.
0: It actually worked itself out though. I mean, I thought I here's the thing I watched maybe seasons one through four with flash and arrow Mm -hmm. and i kind of stopped on five but everything that i watched up to that point i really loved you know and the acting is a level acting in my opinion you know
1: yeah no i i love it and i like i said i I love the idea of like you've seen these characters like are, are gladiators on Right, like you, you see, you you have them under this one perspective in Spartacus, and they come over as these villains, and you already have them as tough guys in your mind. So when they do like right. Captain Boomerang or somebody like Weather Wizard, like how do you make Weather Wizard a serious type character? And what they did was just
0: phenomenal. Exactly, because it'd be it'd be like one of those cheesy characters. It's like I'm Captain Boomerang, you know?
1: Like, <laughs> exactly, like 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 how do you make that believable and not silly? Right. So I, I exactly. Yes, exactly. So I, I try to do like, I try to come up with great villains and I also try to figure out a story where, where people care enough about the characters If they're not caring about where this person is going or what he's been through or what she's been through. Then they're not following the story at all. All
0: right. And how long does it usually take you to actually write something like this?
1: It, uh, it really depends who I'm working with. Um, like I said, with uh, the Google, it took me two days just because I was, I was on a tight de- uh, deadline for the submission. Right. Um, there's another one um, I did um, for another company called Severe Comics. They have a digital web comic um, okay. where they hired me to write uh, their issue six for one of their stories. And that took me a few days. But a lot of stuff I work on with, like, let's say my cousin might be a, in a graphic novel format. So it might take me a little longer because I'm doing multiple chapters, not just single issues.
0: Right, and doing multiple chapters and everything is very challenging and time-consuming as well.
1: Yeah, like, like, like back in the day, I, try to, I used to think of a graphic novel as one whole, right? So I try to write right. the beginning to end, no breaks. Then recently, uh, within the last few years, I started doing, the, if I write a graphic novel, I still do it in chapters. This way it gives me a break, and I can set different tones and pacing throughout the story.
0: Right, and you're able to get your character arcs the way that you need to actually have your character arcs as well. Exactly. I like that. Um, another thing, too, I was just wondering, what inspires you to write comics? What got you into comics? Uh,
1: again, it was uh, my cousin. Uh, we was rooming together, and he t- told me to write something. And then from I just had the bug to write. I always, I always had a very vivid I- imagination. I thought, hey, maybe when I grow up, this thing goes away. It's a childish thing. And here I am, 30 years old, and I still have a wild <laughs> imagination. So it's not going anywhere. So I realized I wanted to use it. Uh, and I just have a pat... Like, I get excited just coming up with the story. Like, we can talk about it, and, I- and I'm and i excited. We can talk about any comic book, and I can get excited. But just coming up with the stories, I just get excited. Even by myself, like, I got to share this with people. And then as I've realized that there might be people from neighborhoods like me or background like me or ethnicity like me who might not see themselves in every character. So then I can uh, create a world where they can see themselves as a- as a different
0: character i love that though i mean here's the thing it's very hard to actually find characters that people can actually gravitate towards and also someone that they can actually relate to Mm -hmm. so i like the fact that you're actually finding a way to connect with other people you know on another level that maybe they might not be able to socialize outside of their own comfort zones and everything and they find a character that actually might be suitable for them exactly like i love the idea that um like like uh the Spider
1: Man into the Spider Verse is anybody could be under the mask and that's why you have all these different Spider Men.
0: It's that same concept. I like that. Um, another thing too is like who's your favorite superhero and also too, um what's your favorite comic that you're actually reading right now? Uh
1: my favorite character, uh, hands down is the Flash, but Wally West. Uh it's I, I uh, I remember being in classroom in high school, and we're talking about um, velocity and speed and all that, and that's where I thought of writing a character that way. And when I was talking to my cousin, he introduced me to the Flash, and I remember going to the comic books here in comic book shops here in Philly and just going uh, to back issues as much as possible. So I have old comics of Wally West comics, and it was funny that uh, now we have a Barry Allen is everywhere, and that's what everybody knows from the show, but I really much grew up reading Wally West stuff, so I, when, I watch Bear, when I watch the show, a lot of times, I'm like, I like this Flash, but my real Flash is the red-headed Wally West. Um, right. <laughs> I, I'm, I I'm just a little biased that way.
0: Um, right. I, well, I mean, it's, if that's where you gravitate towards and who you can actually connect with, I don't blame you on that at all. Yeah, like, I just
1: love know? the Flash facts and different stuff he was able to do um as for comics i'm reading now uh i did just pick up uh, i was re- uh, rereading rebirth um and some uh the dark metal uh, uh batman books that uh, i got the trades not the individual so i was reading the trades of the new metal
0: okay. oh yeah i love uh dark knight metal yeah i love i love the artwork in that thing man i love the scripts inside it it is so creepy and dark in and it's just awesome. Yeah, the
1: the way. The, the way yeah, it. the way it's it's almost like Flashpoint, right? Where they take characters you know and just flip it on itself. Is the they just do it multiple times to Batman in those stories? It's crazy.
0: It's it's like okay, we he's already traumatized as it is. Let's just go ahead and and flip his world upside down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Batman is actually one of my favorite characters and everything. So, you know, and also my other favorite character is also the Punisher and. I like, of course. I like Gambit from Marvel, and, and also Morbius. Morbius is actually my other favorite. character. Nice. And I've always loved the dark characters because they always seem to have the best character mm-hmm. arcs, you know. And especially the more layers to their characters too, in each uh, issues that they actually bring out.
1: Yeah, like like I love being drawn to. Uh, uh, I was reading. I was reading the um, the entire run of the Green Lanterns. Uh, when Jeff Johns was writing everything. And just, re- I love write, uh, reading the um, Sinestro Course War, where, like, everybody has a fear, and they have to go through their own fear pod to get to even be joining his group. And really, he still wants the same thing the Green Lanterns want, right? Like, he wants justice in the world. He just, he wants to do it like Batman with fear. He just takes it over the top a lot.
0: Right. <laughs> it's like, I can see Batman going, look, you need to chill a little bit, man. Um... <laughs> Because I know I'm dark, but you need to actually, you know, be a little bit more happier than what I'm doing right now.
1: <laughs> You're not me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They, a lot of these people or characters, they they have similar views. They're just going about it different ways.
0: Right. Uh, another thing too that I really enjoy is like I like the Rebirth and I also like the New 52 Aquaman mm-hmm. because of the trenches the trenches is actually one of my favorite villains and everything too, because it's so dark and it definitely does have that James one vibe to
1: it. Yeah. I I remember, I remember uh, my cousin actually came running to me when the new Aquaman 52 came out and they were, and they were doing, they were making him tougher. Right. So, and they, and they were trying to make people realize that he's not just some guy that talks to fish. Like he went to the restaurant and he ordered like fish and chips and everybody was surprised at the restaurant. Like you, you're eating fish it was like, it's, it's weird how, how I actually communicate with
0: them. But yeah, I do eat fish. Right. And then also too, what else I liked about it was, you know, there's that whole entire bar fight and everything too, because they keep on messing with them. He's like, look, I'm normal just like you are. Yeah. And everything. And then here you are making fun of me and everything just because I can talk to fish. I like the normalization in that comic.
1: Yeah, just 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 keeping it simple and I think that's where people connect to if you give them certain relatabilities that people are misunderstood.
0: Exactly. Um another t- thing I was wondering about too. Uh what's your favorite comic book movie of all time?
1: My favorite um I got to love I really love The Watchmen movie Zack Snyder's Watchmen I think that was phenomenal. Um I really love uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight uh, and Captain America's Winter Soldier, to me, is top-notch. That,
0: oh, I agree. It's like a Tom Clancy film, if you think about like, it. I
1: love it how, because a lot of times when people write stories, they always want to go bigger, right? They want to go, like, what's the big next big right. thing?
0: What's the next big
1: thing? And when we, if you follow Captain America in the MCU, he went from um, Avengers, and then he went back to... Winter Soldier, which was more of a smaller spy movie than a big world-ending movie. Right. So I love that feel to it, and it felt very grounded. The fighting was amazing. It's just that movie was next level for me when
0: it came to the Marvel movies. Most definitely, man. I mean, I remember geeking out in the movie theaters, just shoving popcorn in my face, eating, drinking some soda, and just geeking out over Captain America and the whole entire thing, too. When you look at the fight scenes and everything, the choreography with that was just fantastic.
1: Yeah, like you really felt like he was but in you really felt that he was in danger and he was actually being knocked around a lot.
0: Exactly. And it also gave you a sense of danger because don't get me wrong, I know he's actually the main character, but sometimes when you make a comic book character the main character, it feels, you know, kind of like a cartoon in a way to where it's not showing any sense of danger. And with that, they were able to actually give you some sense of danger. Yeah,
1: like, like a lot of the heroes, like, all right, this is the hero, or this is the hero team, and you know they're going to be okay at the end. And that whole sequence with Nick Fury being chased down up until the um, Captain America uh, elevator scene, you always felt they were actually in danger the whole time.
0: Exactly. And then I also know, I noticed that you actually mentioned uh, the Watchmen. I love The Watchmen movie. The director's cut is fantastic.
1: It's it's so good and I I feel like um the the my first read of the Watchmen book back in the day was a little confusing for me. Um I, I had to take a few right. reads um but it's super good and then the for me the movie cleared a lot of things up where instead of the giant squid they did um they were blaming this power source from Manhattan. Um but it it was so good.
0: I'm glad that they didn't go with the squid thing because we got so many movies with squids <laughs> lately. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I get it. Big squid thing in the sky. Okay, we have to go ahead and take down the tentacles first before we can do anything. Yeah, I, I, and... I honestly,
1: I thought it was going to be super cheesy. But then if you watch the Watchmen series and they do the flashback, they actually pull it right. off
0: in the series. So I'm like, all right. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I did watch the series. I do have to say they do a fantastic movie. I track. can't believe they pulled it off, but it's and, phenomenal. I agree. And then, if you actually think about it, I know so many people give that movie crap, but it's a perfect from cover to end kind of comic book movie. It's actually perfect. In its own when way. it comes to
1: comic book accuracy, I feel like this is the movie that does it. Mm-hmm. So you can see, like, you can pull out the book and pull out the movie, and there's scenes for scenes exactly what's happening.
0: Exactly. And you know what? I know they didn't put this part in the, co- in the director's cut or whatever, but you remember then the comic book where the kid is actually get, has a, he's reading a comic book at a newsstand and he's actually reading the comic book. Are you glad that they didn't put that in the movie or anything?
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's totally fine. Like there's a lot of stuff like I didn't mind missing. Right. Like, um, like right. I remember um, the Black Trader movie, like there's a comic book within the comic book in Watchmen. For me, the, the first few reads, that was always confusing, and so that not being in there, but I know you can buy, like, the uh, the DVD that has that in there, um, but right. I was totally fine with it. Like, um, the big uh, fight in the beginning with the comedian being thrown out the window, you can see that exact page in the comic yeah. book. Uh, there's, exactly. there's a lot of uh, Rorschach scenes that are exact, like, it's from page of the comic book right there, live action.
0: Exactly. And that's what I love about it. I mean, like you said, it's perfect in its way, because it's actually the most perfect uh, thing to comic book accuracy. That we that, that's, how, that's
1: how I feel. Like we, when it comes to comic book accuracy right. and something directly from the book, not just an interpretation, I feel that's pretty close. Minus a few things that they did change, but
0: it's pretty, it's pretty there. Exactly. And I'm just wondering about something, too. Are you happy with being an independent writer and doing your own artwork? Are you looking to make it big with Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, or Image Comics? Or are you trying to make your own uh, comic book label? Uh, I
1: remember growing up, our idea was always to start our own comic book company. Um, that was just our dream mm-hmm. of ours. Uh, right now, I'm on the fence of, do I really need to start my own company to get my own creator stuff out there? Because there's so many outlets now. Um, where I can just tap into where they can handle distribution or different stuff like that. And I can still keep all the rights to my stories. Um, Image is a good example. Like, like their big one is uh, Robert Kirkman with the walking dead who created this story. So like there's avenues we have. Um, I wouldn't mind writing for Marvel DC if I can uh, write the story the way I want to, but I'm having fun just creating my own thing.
0: Exactly, because it actually takes the cups off of you in a way, because you get to do whatever you exactly. want. Exactly,
1: you you could be refreshing, you can do it, you can be you can be grounded into reality, or you can tell a story like Saga, which is this big big space attic uh, type story. It's it's crazy.
0: It really is. I mean, I love independent writers, and I support independent writers big time including independent artists uh you know like drawing artists or singers and stuff like mm-hmm. that too like i I like I like indie a lot <laughs> there,
1: there, there's so but, many gems in there uh like the, from comedy to horror to superheroes if you go but, to a comic con and just support indie creators you're going to find some gems i've gotten some good stuff from comic cons where you can't really buy online or or, your, or a regular comic book stop, uh, store is not going to have these on stock necessarily. But you can find some good stuff.
0: Oh, most definitely. Uh, another thing I was wondering about too was this. like, Do you draw just to be drawing sometimes? And do you actually, look, uh, do you actually go to a Comic Con in your own booth or anything like uh, that?
1: Actually, unfortunately, I don't have the ability to draw at all. So, <laughs> so oh, okay. I, I am strictly just a writer. <laughs> Um, I always have the ability okay. to, um, to work with uh, different artists, but what I realize is the okay. collaborative process, right? So when I'm writing a script, um, I know I have to be specific enough to tell a story, but I try not to be too specific that I take away the creativity from my artists. So I like, I like to see what I've written down and then their interpretation of what I've written, and it's usually a great marriage between the two.
0: Exactly, because there is a such thing as putting too much detail into what you're doing.
1: Yes, I see a lot of people who, they're very perfectionist to their, what they see. Um, and sometimes there has to be wiggle room for interpretation between people. So if you do have an artist, you have to give them room to create. They're, they're going to help you to their best ability um, to match what your imagination is, but they still need room to create. Exactly. Because
0: I think, I feel. tell me if I'm wrong here, but by putting too much detail into something actually handcuffs the creativity of the process in some areas. Yeah,
1: uh, the collaborative process, it it, it depends on who you work with. Some people like to be super specific and they'll just draw whatever you want. And then other people like it if you can be a little loose and it gives them room to create. Uh, So it, it depends about the artist, but this is stuff you need to discuss up front. Um, or or if, when I hand out the script, if usually my, my scripts are s-
0: specific to the story
1: in general in some areas. Um, and then if the artist wants some more specific details, I can give that to them.
0: All right. That's actually pretty neat. I'm, I always wondered about the process on how everything is actually done. And I like your process on the way that you're the writer and then the other a process is the people who actually draw the comics and everything and j- makes everything the movements it, it.
1: It, exactly so, like I can write fight scene it just specific things I want to see in a fight scene I can list them but most of I, I try to let the uh, artists be as creative as they can
0: all right and what's your favorite comic book movie of all time the
1: comic book movie uh, yeah let me see comic book movie favorite <laughs> of all time um like I said, Winter Soldier is up there. Uh, I gotta. And for me, Endgame is such a good ending of a movie that, that wraps everything up. Right. I'm just a huge fan of that. Um, I don't think I have one of all time. It's just I have a collective of movies that I, I could just watch them a million times.
0: Same here. Like, I just got done watching Doctor Strange not too long. Yeah, it's good. And. I love Doctor Strange. That's it's so trippy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It has that trippy vibe to it, and not only that, but I don't know if you keep up with the news or anything like that, but I like the fact that they're actually using Sam Raimi to actually do the second Doctor. Yeah, Strange yeah, movie. yeah. I
1: saw that. You like you like that idea of him doing part two?
0: Oh yeah, I love that idea. And then also to introducing yeah, Nightmare. Yeah, it's. it's...
1: I, I think uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness is going to bring a lot
0: to the MCU. I, re- I think so too. And I think this is also going to be their way of actually opening up the portals to where uh, the Fantastic Four comes in, X Men comes in, and those portals. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. I, th- I think definitely th- this gives them wiggle room for them to bring a lot of stuff through uh, and explain why certain characters haven't been around yet.
0: Right. Exactly, because they could be on Earth X while this one is actually Earth One. Exactly,
1: exactly. I remember when when like the a, news first broke of him directing that a lot of people uh, started posting that he can bring the Spider Man into the different. You got the Tony McGuire Spider Man, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. He could do something with the Spider Man in in the movie,
0: right? You can make one big, huge multiverse of Spider Man's a live action version <laughs> exactly. of it. And also bringing Miles, would be phenomenal, (laughs) right? And I think here's the thing: I used to be against them doing Miles because of the fact, because of the fact of this. Nobody knew who Miles was. Everybody only knows Peter Parker. So I feel like during that time, because uh, multiverse wasn't around during that time, and I always felt like, okay, how are you going to get Miles into this movie? And also incorporate Peter Parker at the same time because everybody knows who Peter Parker is, but nobody knows who Miles Morales is. So I think that having the animated version of the multiverse for Spider-Man was a fantastic way to go about it instead of putting him in a live action movie because now everybody knows who Miles Yeah. Is.
1: And Into the Spider-Verse was such a great movie. Uh, and what they did for Miles is they, they definitely uh, dug deeper into his roots um, as a mixed mm-hmm. uh, Latino-Black character where he's speaking Spanish with his mom and some friends out, out in the street and then he goes hang out with his uncle later on. So like you get best of both worlds in that movie that I, I just enjoy, enjoy. Outside of him becoming Spider-Man later on, just them showing his life in, in its fullness, not just... um You get one version, like the, there's a Miles Morales in the Spider-Man PS4 game and he never speaks Spanish, right? He just speaks English the entire time. And this time you yes.
0: get both his ethnic background and different stuff in the movie. And that's what I liked about it. I feel like they got a lot of Miles right, and I really, am, I, I'm glad that they actually introduced Miles that way because I was geeking out the whole entire time, of um, watching that. Yeah. Movie.
1: Yeah, it was just great. I have a, a cousin who uh, who used to tag back in the day with spray paint. And seeing Miles Morales do that, like, look, you can relate to Spider Man. He does the same thing. And my cousin's like, I relate to the sweatpants wearing Spider Man more now than that one. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. I think I think it, it's like. Is the, I think everybody kind of relates more to sweatpants Spider Man now. Right,
0: I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> especially with this coronavirus oh definitely right <laughs> I, I, I i saw a picture of
1: um the actress that plays um uh oliver queen's daughter in uh arrow and she po- she posted a picture of her in the green ar- the green arrow outfit it says this is what i thought my doomsday outfit was going to be and then she posts another picture of her in pajamas and this is what actually my doomsday picture actually
0: is <laughs> And then, you know, it be funny all of a sudden. Just <laughs> thank and the thank whole you, Barry. Kind of thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, damn it, Barry. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That'd be great. But another thing, too, that I want to mention is, like, what, what's some of your favorite TV shows? Like, do you pull... I know that you pull a lot of stuff from what you watch and stuff like that, too. But I'm kind of curious. What is your some of your favorite TV shows that you're currently uh, watching?
1: A little earlier, I was watching uh, Catching Up on Supergirl. I love... um I just love what they're doing with Martian Manhunter in that story. I remember reading that like a lot of, a lot of creative uh, producers and writers were having trouble bringing Martian Manhunter to live action. And I feel like they they just got it right on that show. Um, I really enjoy, um, re- I was rewatching also the flash um, first few seasons. I really enjoy those. Uh, when it comes to writing, it depends what mood I'm going for. Um like, if, if I'm mm-hmm. trying to write something that's a little more slower pace or, or work on my drama intensity, I was watching um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan has a new show on Apple, um, The Servant. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was watching yep. it. It's pretty good. I heard it. It's creepy. It has great tonality to it. Um, so it really depends on what I'm writing. If I'm writing like a war type thing, I try to watch a war movie just to get my mind frame around it and then move on from there.
0: Right. I like that. Um, I was also wondering, too, what do you think about the Snyder Cup? I, I'm excited
1: place? for it. I'm actually surprised they're actually uh, working on it, but I'm super I'm super excited for it. What I've heard of what it could have been to what we actually saw, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited.
0: Right. Same here. I've been a big supportive of the Snyder Cup for a while. It's just that whenever I was writing, I don't know if you actually saw the article that I wrote on Instagram or anything like that. But it got to the point where I was, like, getting fatigued of writing the same mm-hmm. story over and over again. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to go on and take myself out of this whole entire thing and wait until something actually happens. Because <laughs> it's like every single day, they're not doing the Snyder Cut. There's no Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut does not exist. And then all of a sudden, Gal Caddo gets on there. Then Jason Momoa gets on there and everything. And I'm just like, yes, this might actually be the possibility and then this is just me thinking to myself. You remember when they had the Man of Steel stream? When they were streaming Man of Steel on Twitter? I was like, you know what? This is just me thinking. It would be cool if Zack Snyder went on ahead and made the announcement that the Snyder cut was actually going to be happening.
1: Yeah, look, and look what, what happened. Exactly, exactly, what, he, exactly right. what they did. They're, they're, they're putting the final touches on it, it's being made. Um, apparently, he has a lot of footage that they didn't show. I, I think it's going to be good. Like there's, there's some hits hits so, yeah. and misses on the uh, Batman versus Superman thing, but I think where he was going uh, for the Justice League could have been better. Like I just feel when they when they, they switch they're switching writers or they're switching directors, there's something always lost in translation. Right. Um, so the the fact right. that he he's able to come back and actually finish the story he wanted to tell, whether we like it or not, I think kudos to him. I'm, I'm excited.
0: Exactly, because it wasn't his fault about what happened or whatever. You know, he had a tra- something tragic happened to, uh, to him and everything, and you know, then Joss Whedon came in and did a whole and complete different turnaround instead of di- continuing what uh, exactly.
1: It ha- it's happening a lot on these movies where they start with one director, they're ending with another. Um, or, or they have a final cut and the studio doesn't like it, so they have to change some stuff, and I feel like every time they make those additional edits, it, it hurts the movie.
0: Exactly. And this is what I was telling Wonder Meg whenever I had her on, and mm-hmm. we were doing a Wonder Woman review. It seems mm-hmm. like they don't have faith in their directors and the what they want to do. And it's like, okay, I'm going to paint my, the house the way you want me to paint the house, and then all of a sudden you come in and tell me, Hey, I don't like the way you painted it. Well, you just gave me yeah. the paint for it. Yeah, no,
1: it's it's like I don't know what so, their problem is over but, there. Hopefully, they're getting their stuff together because uh, they have a lot of content. Like like Batman. Like we had the Joker movie that came out. You have a new Batman movie coming in. Like right. you can revamp these stories any way you like to, but just just to finally get exactly. let the people tell their stories the way they want to.
0: Right. Another thing, too, is some people are like, well, maybe this is a way for Ben Affleck to be Batman again. And I'm like, well, I, want, I said I could agree with that, but at the same time, I wouldn't want him to because of the fact he went through alcoholism during that time to the point where he was actually drinking himself. Yeah, if, if, if
1: he could be accountable and, and people can make sure he doesn't fall back to old habits. Like I, didn't, I, I, really, I truly enjoyed his Batman it it wasn't his it wasn't his batman's problem Damn. his batman wasn't the problem of any of the movies. It was a lot of storytelling a lot of editing no. but his his batman uh right. was phenomenal, so I don't have a problem with that. you gotta think about too Robert downey jr was on a was on a downhill for a long time before he ever came to iron man right. so if so if he can right. uh if Ben is interested and he's good to go like I would love him to
0: continue just so we can finish seeing what he really had there right with the DCEU I would love to see that and also too like I want another Man of Steel movie I I, I've been wanting another Man of Steel it's like they're just putting Henry Cavill yeah he
1: said he's interested like when it comes like I've enjoyed all the solo movies I like Man of Steel um Wonder Woman I thought was phenomenal Aquaman was great um Shazam was funny and and what made it better was it was based in Philly, so that like, right? They, they they they're doing great things with um the solo movies. It's it's the when they're the putting everything stuff. together. I think they're having trouble juggling. Hopefully, they can correct that. But I think they got good stuff there.
0: Same here. It seems like when you know when they had like the team, ups, yeah. Like I think what um,
1: what's his name, um, Jason Momoa is Aquaman, like this big rugged, strong dude, and he's playing Aquaman, like, that's how you need to do it. You can't be just cheesy with Aquaman. You have to go real strong with it. And I think think
0: it's perfect. Exactly. Another thing, too, is I just saw online today where David Ear is saying that his final cut for uh, Suicide Squad... Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing a lot
1: of stuff about uh, um, his cut of Suicide Squad... Like I I I love a lot of stuff they did in Suicide Squad. I don't know what his cut would. I think they'll add. They have a lot more Joker scenes in there that they're looking to. Um, right. I don't know. If, like I'm okay with the joke. I don't know if I need a lot more Joker scenes from that. Uh, but I'm interested in anytime you add anything. I'm interested in at least checking it out.
0: Right. And you know what though? Like for me, I bought the extended. Cut. Okay for Suicide Squad. And it didn't really do anything for me. And for David to say (laughs) that he has another cut, I'm like, "Um, you know what? I'm going to just wait until (laughs) HBO Max drops. (laughs) You know, because it still feels choppy to me uh, watching Suicide Squad with the extended cut. You know, versus Batman versus Superman's extended cut. Because I feel like the extended cut for Batman versus Superman was a lot better than the theatrical cut because I got a yeah, lot like,
1: of it. I, I, think, with, I think Batman what? and Superman honestly should have ended with them two fighting. Um, like Just give us what we right. wanted the whole time. It's almost like uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, they they introduced a bad guy, but really at the end, you got the two heroes fighting. I think that's all we really wanted from Batman versus Superman to see them two go at it.
0: Exactly. But we already knew that they were going to make up in the end. But they could have actually done that with Justice League or something where, you know, they still have beef yeah, yeah. each other.
1: Yeah, something. I think I you know? I know they could've uh, fixed it somehow or one way or another. I just and, and Batman's a smart guy. He's always have contingency plans and he's always planning if he sees a big bad guy and he right. knows he needs Superman, he'll find a way to make up. I just need we just needed a more fight from those two.
0: Right. I agree with you. I wanted a little bit a lot more fight from them too. But I have to say, it is ballsy for them to go ahead and kill off Superman and everything with uh, Doomsday. Because that's something that Yeah, that's, that's actually expecting.
1: my cousin uh, that uh, I work on a bunch of projects with. That's one of his favorite things about the movie where um, the Doomsday, they, they give you so much content in the story, right? You got the Batman versus Superman part. You got Doomsday part. You got him dying. So you, they, they give you a lot of content within the story.
0: Exactly. But yeah, man, uh, I just want to say this. I'm, I'm glad that I had you on tonight for the oh, podcast. Super, I it was super appreciate fun. you being on. It was, man. I, we're going to have to do this again sometime. Maybe you might can do some movie reviews with me or maybe uh, just chatting about Definitely. We can definitely whatever, set something up. You know? Okay. Okay. Um, another thing, too, I want to mention that this is Memorial Day. Happy Memorial yes. Day to all our veterans and everything, and also too. Where can they? Uh, they can
1: uh, follow me on um, on uh, Instagram at uh, Lilo Legacy. Uh, i have just I post a few things here and there. I have got other stuff uh, in the works, but yeah, they can just follow me on Instagram.
0: All right. Well, thank you again, man, for being on, and uh, uh, thanks so much. It was a pleasure.
1: In the uh, I'm excited to work with you again. All right. Talk to you. Bye. Same here. You too. All right, man.